You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Today we will read from Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord had told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I have to say that one last time this week. Isn't that just the cutest thing you've seen? Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Can you come every week in the room and just cheer me on? <laughs> she said no. She said no. Uh, I, uh, one of the things, I, I did this two weeks ago, but I, I just, I, I have a rightful prep pride. Uh, I'm so thankful we have such a creative team at, at, at Grace Covenant that they were able to create that. That was all created in-house. It wasn't bought. Our own kids throughout the campuses and actually one of our young adults created all of the backgrounds, drew them so that they could be animated. I mean, so this is pretty incredible. But what a great way to hear the Christmas story. Um, I, it's really interesting to me that as you begin to read the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, in the first seven verses, they're just filled. You, you read about Caesar Augustus, you read about the census, you read about Joseph, you read about a very pregnant Mary, and then you read about the, the birth of Jesus. And then in verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And when I read that, in a sense, it seems like such a strange transition. We've gone from reading about the virgin birth, the birth of the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, to reading about a group of shepherds who were just out in the fields doing that thing they do, keeping watch over their flock. You know, I thought about this this week as we read through the Christmas story, particularly so often at Christmas, but even through the years we're studying the Word and we're reading through the Bible, I think a lot of times we kind of skim over the shepherd's part because we want to get to the really important stuff. Well, listen to this. It might seem like a strange transition, but because it's there, that means it is the important stuff. There were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. 
That's the emphasis that should be placed on that. And why? Why is this so important? Well, let's take just a few moments and let's consider the life of a shepherd. The life of a shepherd would have been very difficult. They were nomadic by nature. Uh, They might be gone two to three weeks at a time just out searching for new territory for their flocks to graze in. They were lonely. They were rejected. They were mocked. They were ridiculed. Um, They weren't highly educated. Uh, In in the social pecking order, they were kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. In fact, in Genesis 46, 34, it says, every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. They were so distrusted that they were not even allowed to give testimony in the court. So if you take all that into account, you know that the life of a shepherd was very, very challenging, very difficult. And yet, while all of this is true, that night on the canopy of the sky, there was an explosion. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. That's the explosion that happened. Think about this. Those men who were considered to be society's nobodies out in the field doing what they do, keeping watch over their flocks by night, suddenly had a visitation from the angel of the Lord, the messenger of God, and they heard the most important message that they would ever hear. The most important message that the universe would ever hear. We all like to send messages, don't we? Uh, We send uh, text messages, um, voicemail messages, uh, uh, direct messages, uh, Instagram messages, Facebook messages, and if you're really old school, you might leave post-it note messages for people, right? Uh, we, 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 we just, we, we do a lot of messaging. I get a lot of messages throughout my week and I get it in various forms, emails, text, direct messages. And I really try to pay attention. I think that if somebody takes the time to send me a message that I need to take the time to, to read it and, and respond in a reasonable amount of time. And oftentimes as I'm scrolling through my messages, there may be a message that appears and that message just kind of, it catches my attention and it almost causes me to snap my head and look again to see what it said because it was so prominent what it said and that was the kind of message that the shepherds received that night they received the good news think about this because of their social standing shepherds would not typically be the ones who would receive good news Good news was saved for those who lived in palaces. Good news was received by kings and queens. Good news was received by important people. But that was not the case this time. The good news, the miracle of Christmas, was given to a group of poor, lonely shepherds. God could have chosen really important people. He could have chosen kings and queens. He could have chosen all kinds of important people. But again, he chose this group of men that the society has deemed as as a nobody. Bottom of the social pecking order, these shepherds received the greatest message of all time. Why is this important? Why is this so important for us to take note of? Well, it's important because it reminds us that the message The miracle of Christmas, the good news of Jesus Christ is a miracle. It's a message. It's good news for everybody. 
Do you hear that? It's good news for everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is a message for everyone. And for us today, we don't have that message revealed to us by a, a host of angels. Instead, the Holy Spirit comes and works in our heart, reveals that message to our hearts. And we just have to believe it and receive it and embrace it and begin to live it out. And when we do, our life changes. So as we look at the miracle of Christmas through the perspective of the shepherds, we're reminded that the good news, the message of Jesus Christ is a message for everybody, whosoever. But there's another aspect of the miracle of Christmas that I believe we can glean from the perspective of the shepherds. In verse 13 of Luke chapter 2, it says, Suddenly... A great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace for those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. I love, I love how verse 13 begins. Suddenly... Suddenly, that night, the shepherds had a suddenly moment. It was an unexpected moment. Um, I'd like to take you for just a moment. You know, I had a suddenly, let me ask you, have you ever had a suddenly unexpected moment? Yeah, I think we all, I, I had one this past Wednesday. I had been here at the church office all day. And um, when I went home, uh, Cammie and I had talked before I left and I knew she was going to be in an appointment and she said, can you just go ahead and get dinner started? And so I did. I'm a good husband and I wanted to eat. And so I, I started making preparation for, for, for dinner that night. And while I was in the kitchen, um, I, I just heard this noise. It was just this slight noise and I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I, I would stop. And, and, and the TV, I muted the TV. And it's like, I don't know what that is. So I went back about my business. And a few minutes later, I, I heard the noise again. And I stopped and I tried to figure out. And then it was raining outside. So I thought maybe it's how the rain is hitting the house. And, and so I, I continued. I just kept hearing the noise. And then suddenly, I, suddenly, listen to this. Suddenly, um, I looked across the room and up on the ceiling fan was a bird. So I had a suddenly moment with a winged creature. There was a bird sitting up on the, the ceiling fan. And then I looked on beyond the ceiling fan and on the drapery rod over the window, there was another bird in the house. Suddenly, I realized I have two birds in the house. What am I going to do? I got to get them out. So I go over and I open the back door because I'm thinking, they're birds. They live outside. They're going to want to go outside when I open the door, even though it's raining. I mean, they knew what they were doing. It's warm inside. So I go, and I open the back door. I prop the storm door open. And when I go back, I can't find the birds. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating this. I spent 10 minutes just creeping around the house, looking. Uh, and, and finally, Cammie 
uh, broke her appointment and stuck her head. She said, what are you doing? Because I was whistling like I thought the birds would come when I whistled. I, I'm whistling and I said, we got birds in the house. And I spent 10 minutes and I could not find those birds anywhere. Many of you know, I think most of you know, I, Cammie and I had COVID a few weeks ago. I actually, I'm, this is out of shoot. I thought maybe I was having COVID hallucinations. I'd heard about it. And I thought maybe those birds were never there to start with. And, and it was a strange, I have to say it was a really strange feeling. But I kept looking for the birds. I'm not going crazy. There were two birds in the house. And finally, I, I, I walked towards our front door, and, and on, our, on the back side of our front door, Cammie had hung a Christmas wreath on the inside. And sure enough, in the bottom of that wreath, those two little birds were just sitting there. They weren't making a sound now. They were just sitting there. And so I thought, I'm going to open the door, and they'll fly out. I opened the door, and they flew upstairs. And it's the honest truth. And so I spent another probably five minutes just running around upstairs because what happened is uh, the bedroom doors are open. So one of them flew into our guest bedroom and the other flew into the bathroom. So I went into the guest room first. I started work. I got a sheet. It's like I'm swat. I don't know if I thought I was going to catch it in the sheet or what. And I'm like shooing it out. I had the broom. And finally I get the one out of the bedroom. I close the door. But then there's the one in the bathroom. And the bathroom's a lot littler than the bedroom. So I kind of go into the bathroom and I start, and I, I get it out, and, and I close the door. So all the doors are closed upstairs now. I think surely they're going to go downstairs, and they're going to go out the front door that I have open. They flew, and they started perching on the lights that were hanging from the high ceiling over the stairs. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I got the broom. I, I'm flying. And so one of them, I, I think I probably damaged the wing of one of them. Sorry. Uh, I'm trying to get it out. But listen, the birds are in my house. The birds live outside. And so that one flew downstairs and he made his way out the door. So I closed the front door. I still got this other bird in the house. And this is, I spent 10 more minutes chasing one bird who refused to go outside. And finally, I mean, he gave me a good chase. I finally got the bird outside and I recognized I wasn't crazy. So that's my suddenly moment this week, and that, that really happened. But my suddenly moment was much different than the suddenly moment that the shepherds had. The shepherds had this divine visitation from the angel of the Lord. Uh, and then this uh, angel chorus came, and, and, and it, was a, it, was a, it was a holy suddenly moment. It, it, was, it, was, it was a God moment that happened that, that suddenly the angels appeared to them. And it says at first, they were frightened. I would be frightened. And you would be frightened. But they didn't remain frightened. Instead of, of, of being paralyzed by the fear, they, uh, they found themselves curious and compelled. And it caused them to want to go to Bethlehem and participate in this miracle. It says, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. So my suddenly moment, much different than the shepherds, was an interruption in my afternoon. And I want to say the same. That that suddenly moment for the shepherds, it was an interruption in their routine because they were out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night and suddenly that all changed. Listen, this applies to us. The beginning of a miracle 
often appears as a frightening circumstance that interrupts our daily routine. And we have to realize that this suddenly moment is the moment that God orchestrates to catch our attention so that we can activate our faith and experience the miracle that God is inviting us into. Because God wants us to participate with him in the ongoing miracle of Christmas. It happened 2,000 years ago, but it's still happening today. The incarnation of Jesus, the, the, the birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what our lives are all about. That's what we live for. So how are you and I supposed to respond to these personal suddenly moments? And how do we ensure that we don't miss the opportunity to participate with God in, in, in his miracle, the miracle of Christmas? What do we learn from the shepherds who are the candidates for God's miraculous work? And that's what we've been talking about every week and we've been adding on to it. So I want to tell you four things. Uh, candidates for God's miraculous work are those who recognize the suddenly as God's opportunity for uh, God's invitation for a holy opportunity. Let me say that again. Candidates for God's miraculous work are those who recognize the suddenly as God's invitation to a holy opportunity. I believe with all my heart, in fact, I know, God has suddenly moments for every single person in this room. In fact, I'm sure that you can think back over your past and you can recall some of your God moments, those holy moments, those suddenly moments when God spoke and it was unexpected, but you knew that what he said would cause you to have to redirect the course of your life because that's typically what happens in those suddenly moments. Uh, um, our suddenly moments are not likely to come to us through a chorus of angels. Instead, our suddenly moments are more likely to come to us in our quiet time, in our prayer time. It might come uh, in a conversation with a friend or a person who is in need. It could come through a phone conversation. It could come as you're in church and you're listening to a message. Um, it could come in a dream. And when it comes, it may very well feel like an interruption in your life. Just recognize this. The suddenly moment is the moment that intersects our lives and has the power to propel us in a new direction. I want to say this. God doesn't want us to continue to live the same stale, mundane life day after day. It's not like we have to say maybe once a year we get a suddenly moment. We should be so in tune with the voice of the Holy Spirit that every day we're having suddenly moments where in our quiet time, in our prayer time, in our interactions with people, we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speak and we know that even though I had this plan for my day, I need to make a course correction and these are the things I need to do based on what I heard God say. Candidates for God's miraculous work are those who welcome God's interruptions and make room for him to work in their life. Um, have you ever taken, really taken time to consider uh, that when you're reading a book, 
uh, how, how it's laid out. What, on each page, what is the white space that you find around the words? The margins. And the margins are there for a purpose. Some people might make notes in the margins. But one of the reasons the margins are there is the margins bring balance and separation for the content on the pages. Think about this. Balance and content. You and I live in a busy world and we are busy people. And because this is true, so often we lack balance and separation in the content in our lives. And because we lack balance and separation, we short circuit ourselves. We don't allow room for God suddenly. We don't allow time to hear those unexpected moments that will redirect how we're living out our life on that particular day. Instead, we hurry from one task to the next and we just don't take time. It's because we lack separation and balance. We need separation and balance in our life. Everyday miracles are often forfeited because the busyness and the distraction of our lives uh, have prevented us from welcoming and responding to God's invitation for the miraculous. Candidates for God's miraculous work are those who refuse to be paralyzed by fear. Uh, when the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, we've said this several times, they were terrified. I would be terrified you would be terrified. But even though they were terrified, the fear did not paralyze them. It was short-lived. And after the angel chorus left, they took action. They moved forward. They went to Bethlehem so that they could participate in the miracle of Christmas. Being afraid is only a problem when we give in to the fear and we allow ourselves to be restricted by it. When fear keeps us from moving towards God, then we have a problem that we need to deal with. Finally, candidates for God's miraculous work are those who embrace the adventure of pursuing Jesus. We talked earlier about how they, 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 they moved forward. They went to Bethlehem. But I love how Luke describes this. He says, so they hurried off to see Mary and Joseph and the baby. You know, they could have said, you know, the angels have been here, told us something really, really cool. So we're going to sleep on this, and then we're going to get up in the morning, and we're going to have breakfast, and kind of break up camp, and uh, hopefully we could get out of here by about one or two o'clock, and we'll just go on down to Bethlehem, and you know, we'll take our time. No, they were excited. They were so excited that they hurried off. They made their way. They wanted to go and see the miracle for themselves. They were enthusiastic. They knew that they had heard news that was going to change the world. This is their narrative. They said, let's go. Let's see. Let's hurry. They saw the baby. And then I love this. They spread the news. They spread the news. And as I was, as I was considering this, uh, when I do message prep, I don't just do it for you. Ask the Holy Spirit, what did you want to teach me? And so this caused me to ask myself some questions. Am I like the shepherds? Do I have the same kind of enthusiasm that the shepherds had? 
do I uh, enthusiastically embrace the adventure of following Jesus? How well am I in this adventure, not only about pursuing Jesus, but am I enthusiastic about telling other people the good news, the miracle of Christmas? And you could say, well, stand here, pastor. Of course, that's not the answer I was able to come up with. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. As I thought to myself, or as I live a busy, sometimes distracted life that lacks margins, that lacks balance and separation from the content in my life. And as a result, I know that there are uh, times where God has been inviting me to participate in the miracle, the ongoing miracle of Christmas. And I've been so busy that I missed out on hearing it. Or I put him off. Yeah, God, but I, I, that will later. Yeah, I think we could take care of that tomorrow. When God's calling, he's calling right now. So my answer was, you know what? I'm not doing all that well. I'm not a failure, but I need to be better at this. And this morning, I want to challenge you with the same question. If you were in the Christmas narrative, would it say about you? And, 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 and Galen hurried off to see this thing that had happened or Billy hurried off to see this thing that happened and that would be you all we could all put our names in there uh, are we in a in a posture where we're continually allowing the holy spirit to stir up in us the gifts and the abilities that he's given and, and, and that we would receive a fresh anointing from the holy spirit every day so that we would be sensitive to hear his voice and we could step into those miracles do you have margins in your life? Do you have balance in your separation? Would you bow your heads and would you just personally consider those questions for a moment? Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us right now. And I pray that we could rest our hearts and minds enough to hear and respond as we ask some honest questions. And Father, we know that as we ask these questions and your Holy Spirit speaks, your Holy Spirit is not speaking a condemning voice, but a compelling voice, calling us into something uh, greater, something deeper, calling us to uh, have balance and separation in our lives, margin, enthusiasm, so that we can hear your voice on a daily basis and respond and welcome and step into your invitation to the miraculous in whatever form it might be. God, I ask that you work that in us right now. And as you're working, I pray that we would respond. And maybe there are suddenly moments that are happening right now in this room. I, I pray that as we recognize those suddenly moments, that we would be able to determine what's the course direction, re redirection that we need to take, course correction. And we understand that you have empowered us to do this by your spirit. So we receive all that you have for us now.
working in all of us, myself included. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask a question that I've, that I've been asking every week for some time now. I'm going to ask it again today. Is it possible that there's a suddenly moment happening in the room right now that you uh, are here and your suddenly moment is that you've recognized that you have not really ever entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, and today, there's a suddenly moment where you're realizing that Jesus really was born. The Son of God came from heaven to earth, and He came for you. And that you believe that not only did He come, but immediately He started a journey towards the cross, and He died on the cross for us. And when He was on the cross, He took our sin, and He gave us right standing for God through His shed blood. We have the forgiveness of our sin and the promise of eternal life and abundant life while we're here on earth. Today, you're recognizing, you're saying, I believe that as true. And the Bible says that we have to believe and confess with our heart. And then we experience salvation. Our life starts all over. We become new creations in Christ. So just let me ask, is there anybody here today and you're saying for the very first time, I am, uh, I'm asking Jesus Christ uh, to come and live in my heart. I believe. If that's you, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, would you just lift up your hand and let your eye catch my eye? Is there anyone in the room? Father, once again, I joyfully thank you that you have brought together a group of men and women who know you and love you and are growing to become more like you. Thank you. And I pray that as we leave this place today, that there would be a new enthusiasm, a spirit-filled, spirit-led enthusiasm. And as we go out, the light of Jesus would shine through us in such a way that people would be drawn to us and they would ask us questions and we could tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. And I pray again that you send people to us so that we can continue to tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ and help them come into relationship with you and help them grow to become more like you. We thank you, God, because you're going to honor this and we pray it in the most powerful name. That's the name of Jesus. And everybody who believed and agreed said, Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.